Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Simsisms. Begs all over his head and all that kind of stuff. If there's any fear of, ooh, he could fall flat on his face and, you know, have eggs all over his head and all that kind of stuff, right. then maybe we need to pump the brakes here. Simsisms. That's the second Simsism that's come from Chris Sims Unbuttoned, the podcast. I was very concerned there. When I saw the screen display the phrase eggs all over his head, I thought I had been asleep at the switch. And I was even more amazed because as the practice now goes, I get flooded with emails whenever there is a new Simsism, even if I have acknowledged the Simsism in real time. So eggs all over his head. Well done. And please tell me, what were you trying to say? I, I I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I mean, I feel like it's just an illegal, it's illegal like use of uh, footage here. I didn't know I was going to be held to this standard coming from the podcast too. Now, I mean, geez, I got. I had my, nothing to do with it. I know, I know I you did. I, I, this is one of those times where I know you are innocent here. You do have nothing to do with it. You know what? What, 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 what the hell was I trying to say? I can't even. Th- Egg, 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 egg on his face. On his face. I've, given, I've given you an opportunity to Thank rectify you. it, and you still don't even know. Well, because it's that Monday morning, and I'm still level. not well, awake. It's not I'm, Monday morning. Uh, Tuesday morning. See? Tuesday I mean? morning. <laughs> and for you, it's Wednesday morning, so this week is completely twisted upside down for you. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. See, the, the folks who have a four-day week, work week, right. the folks I know right. who work four days, yeah. when there's a holiday during the week, they right. work the other four. Oh. Is that no, what you're going to be doing see, No, week? see, you got it all mixed up. I, I, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing. I don't work Fridays, okay? I just don't do <laughs> it, all right? so But you think it's Monday. A mile of days just don't matter. When it's when the day starts with a F-R-I, I don't show up, okay? So, sorry, I won't be there. But either way, how was your weekend? How was your you know, well, unofficial kickoff to the summer this weekend. Th- this is the this is a day that 
that easily can start with an F you something else because that alarm goes off and oh I know you know right? um, it hurt yeah you know, we had a good time yesterday and uh, you know it's it, it's a strange weekend because it's the unofficial start of summer and everybody wants to have a good time but at its core it's a solemn occasion to appreciate and remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have a three-day weekend where we enjoy the unofficial beginning of summer. So it's always been a a stew of conflicting emotions for a lot of people, I think. Because, hey, yeah, it's three-day weekend, and it's the unofficial start of summer, and let's go have a good time. But let's also remember why we're doing this, and we're doing this because... Hundreds of thousands of people have died in violent, hideous, horrible, unthinkable ways to allow us to live the way that we live. So it's it it really is a strange kind of a weekend. And um, I you know I don't know should Memorial Day be Labor Day and should Labor Day be Memorial Day? I don't know. That's that's way beyond my pay grade or powers of persuasion. Not that I have any anyway. But but it's just it's it's hard. It's hard to really enjoy it. Because the extra day isn't there to say, hey, go live it up. It's there to say, hey, go appreciate those who no longer are living uh, because they 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 gave their lives yeah. in defense of who we are and well, what we do as a people. Hopefully, you know, God rest their soul. They're they're happy in the fact that, you know, that our country does just get to have this great day of celebration. Almost. You're right. It is. It's a weird day. I grew up going to like. You know, Memorial Day parade, right? And all that and the candy, you know, people throwing candy to the kids on the sidewalk as you're watching the parade. It was great. It was great. It was great. Oh, this is fun, fun, candy, candy, candy. But I always got the memory of then we went to uh, the cemetery to see my grandfather who fought in World War II and do those things. So that kind of would bring me back to reality, at least have that moment to pay the respect and do those type of things. And you're right, it is a weird balance. I think it does sometimes go kind of forgotten because we do get caught up in the celebration. But either way, good good weekend. And uh, uh, either I, I respect all those that, that did so, so much for our country, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and, the, and the best news for you is it is de facto Wednesday. Boom. And... Uh, you'll be able to go have eggs all over your head in just uh, a few days. Or I had years. I had Dirty Diana's yes. birthday on Sunday, so that was a good day. I mean, it was rainy up here and cold, but we had fun. We got to celebrate her 65th. It was pretty good. So that was that was the enjoyable part of the weekend. What do you want to say? What? <laughs> no, between calling your dad the big effer with a word other than right. effer and your mom, Dirty Diana. Yeah, it goes well together, doesn't it? Look at that. It's perfect. So, so, so much for the commandment that says thou shalt honor thy father and mother. Oh, I didn't know about that one. I've never knew. That one. <laughs> I don't think you know about many of them. I don't. <laughs> where where did the Dirty Diana come from? Is it as simple as the Michael Jackson song? Is that it? Simple as that. Like seriously, she, she we were, you know, when I was young, bad was out, right? 7, 8 years old, all those years, and that song was there and yeah, it's just something I always had fun with my mom with like, you know, oh, hey Dirty Diana or whatever and you know, now I like to call her it on TV. It's it makes it even better. I- I can picture that devilish little face when you first heard the song, and it's my mom's name, and uh, the neurons connected, and uh, off uh, off it went. All right, off we go. What you need to know uh, for this Tuesday morning, June 1, 
one day away from the opening of the window that would allow teams to trade players at a reduced cap charge if the player has multiple years and multiple years of dead money left that would accelerate into this year. As of tomorrow, no acceleration. You just take the cap charge we're going to take anyway this year for whatever signing bonus money or other prorated money already was paid. So it's an inducement to engage in trades as of June 2. And for five weeks now, we've been monitoring the possibility that Julio Jones will be traded There still isn't an overwhelming, obvious, this is the team that's going to trade for him, which makes me still think the Patriots are going to come out of nowhere and trade for him. But, you know, we reported over the weekend, Chris, that in league circles, the prevailing thought is the Titans for a second round pick. That's where Julio Jones is going to go. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's just what people believe. But again, you never know when Bill Belichick's going to swoop in out of nowhere and get a deal done that we didn't think he was going to do. Yeah, th- I mean, this is the common thought. Uh, it makes a lot of sense, like we've talked about, from from both sides, both angles. I understand Julio Jones wanting to go there. They have a real need for him. Like, you know, your, your point, Mike, there about the Patriots, too, you're right. I, I don't hold them out of this. First off, I mean, hey, John Robinson's the GM for the Titans. He came from New England. You know, there's certain things and formulas and scouting that I think, you know, teams – like that, there's there's a common ground on what they like in players and all those things. I will say this, though. You're right. New England, hovering on the outside, as long as the price doesn't get too expensive, they're going to be in this. And I would think second round would be still the conversation where they could swoop in and steal a Julio Jones or do something like that. But, I mean, as it stands right now, it seems to be the team – I hear the most about from friends in the NFL that seem to think this is going on, but you're right. I don't know anything of like, oh, a deal is imminent or it's right around the corner or, you know, they're, they're really deep into talks. I haven't heard anything like that quite yet. And it doesn't sound like you have either, huh? And, and other teams emerged and, and some receded over the weekend. The Rams were in play. Yeah. I'm told they're definitely out. They don't have a first-round pick yeah, until how? 2024. Right. Not that not that they were going to put a first-round pick on the table, although the, on that point, too, the, the report that a first-round pick is part of a package for Julio Jones, most people around the league don't believe that there would be a straight first-round pick for Julio Jones. Someone explained it to me over the weekend that it's entirely possible that there's been an offer made of a first-round pick to the Falcons and Julio Jones and a second-round pick going the other direction, which would make a hell of a lot more sense. Right. That team gives up a one, gets Julio Jones, and receives a two. It's better for the Falcons to just get a second-round pick for Julio Jones. Yeah, well, we got a first-round pick, so what? You give up a second-round pick to get it, and it may be a high first-round pick next year if the Falcons don't get out of this funk quickly. So so, so I think there was, to the extent that there is a first-round pick that's been mentioned, discussed, offered, it's come with enough conditions, including give us a second-round pick back, that it's not being regarded as a serious offer. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I could I could see that, I, you know, and I think, again, that's going to be like, you know, the million-dollar question as we dive into this Julio Jones stuff is just, you know, are there going to be more teams involved? And then it's just going to be about, you know, kind of the dance of figuring out what makes sense on the chart as far as value and things like that. And then, you know, everything you've mentioned over the last few weeks, the contract situation, what they want to do with the money, or like you're talking about, 
compensation back to the to the Falcons. Oh, hey, we gave you a first round. You know, th- that seems to be the thing that, that teams are going to have to juggle around the most. I mean, definitely. And, you know, when I do look at it, it to me, again, I, I just bring it back to the Tennessee Titans to where it makes the most sense for them to be that team. It does. I mean, they're a team that I think we both agrees in the window. They made some big-time adjustments in the offseason as far as, you know, free agency, sign a Bud Dupree to add to the pass rush. You know, they, they bolstered their secondary Offense, they they need another guy. It can't just be AJ AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. And I, I do look at them, and I think you do too, Mike. Right, as a team that's in the Super Bowl window, to where this opens the window up even more if you get a guy like Julio Jones to come into town. And and if you get a Julio Jones who is healthy, yeah, motivated, determined, and there's a thought out there that that he will be motivated and determined now healthy you can never guarantee but one of the caveats that whoever trades for Julio Jones needs to keep in mind and we posted this I think yesterday the thinking is he's going to want a new contract either through the door or comes out has a huge 2021 he's going to want it after that you know this idea that hey you're getting Julio Jones for three years 38 million it's about 12 million in change per year no 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 that's not what you're getting you're getting Julio Jones maybe for 15.3 this year after this year, if he does decide to go forward under the terms of his current deal and not say, I want a new contract, if he comes out and has a big year, you're going to have to pay him after this year. That's part of what you have to factor into this. Yeah, Whatever you give up to get him, you're getting a guy and you're inheriting whatever discontent he may have contractually. And, and people can say, well, he's making $22 million a year. Well, yeah, but he's got three years left at 38. Once a player's already cashed the checks – from the front-loaded portion of the contract, they're not thinking I'm getting $22 million a year. They're looking at what they have now going forward, and they're saying, I'm only getting $12 million a year. Something's wrong with this picture. Uh, you gotta, you got to factor this in. It's got to be part of the conversation. You're right. I don't know if it's something that – it doesn't seem to be – like when we had the DeAndre Hopkins trade a few years ago, right, Mike, with the Houston Texans-Arizona Cardinals, one of the first things we heard out of the, out of the gate was, hey, one of the reasons we think the Texans are doing this through league circles was DeAndre Hopkins wanted more money. Right, and that was an issue. I, I haven't heard that yet. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, but I don't, I don't hear that being like the jump-off point for the trade or anything like that. So, no, but you're right. I think that you have to – You're right. It's not that he wants more money. He yeah. wants out. But yeah. once he gets in a new landing spot, you he's got to be worried about money. it. I know. That's where I look at like – and when I think of that aspect of it, that's where I go into like – New England, and I think about them when it comes to that stuff, and I just go, well, I can't imagine Bill being happy with that scenario. Oh, like, let me just let, – let's let's get a player here and see how the year goes, and if he does real good, then, oh, man, he's going to hold our feet over the fire and want more money and deal with that and all that crap, and, oh, wait, we just gave a first-round pick or a second-round pick to get you and do all those issues – you know, that, that is definitely something you're going to have to balance and have a feel for talking to his agent and getting a feel from Julio Jones before this trade as far as where his mind might be in that conversation. And that's the thing. When you don't have a lot of high-end receivers on your team for the past 20 years, you mm-hmm. don't have many situations like this where no. high-end receivers want to be paid. Remember how they dealt with Randy Moss? When he became a free agent after the 2007 season, he became a free agent. After that season, they didn't apply the franchise tag. They didn't want to restrain him. They played it the right way, and he ultimately took 
three years, 27 million, which seemed like a lot at the time. It shows you how much the caps changed since then. But you, you, you have to deal with these guys a certain way. And Bill Belichick could look at this situation and say, there's no way out of this maze that doesn't entail blowing our salary structure for a guy who may be happy for one year, but come 2022, we're going to have a problem financially. So that's something that definitely needs to be kept in mind. It may be one of the reasons why there aren't three or four teams that are jostling and clamoring yeah. to try to make this happen. I, I think it's a few things, right? I mean, there's that possibility. There's the trade aspect, like we talked about, you know, as far as figuring out all the things that need to be done there, whether it's, you know, the Atlanta paying part of the contract this year, whatever, the value, all of that, his health status, where is he there? Like you've talked about, I mean, listen, I'm with you, Mike. I would bet that he's going to be motivated, new team, new place, you know, be on his A game. But, you know, you still, if you're making a trade for a guy and giving away a first or a second round pick, you don't want a guy that you're looking at going, okay, maybe he's got one more good year left in him and then he's going to fall apart. You know, I think that's what's going to scare people too in this whole conversation. I mean, you just look at the last three years of stats and, you know, oh, injuries last year, you see everything fell off to a degree. And we know that's part of his history, and that's going to be scary. That's where I just – I don't know where this goes. And I don't know – I just – where last week I was kind of getting the feeling we were going to get more teams involved in this, and this could, like, raise the price. Now it's like we sit here and I go, I don't know really if anybody's going to really ever get involved here other than maybe one or two teams that we're talking about. And is anybody else going to really dive in here and, and do anything substantial? As to the hamstring situation – yeah. This is another complicating factor, and it's a good news, bad news thing for whoever would trade for Julio Jones. There is this thought, and he wouldn't be the first and he won't be the last, that he could have played more than he played last year, but it was a manifestation of his discontent with the organization. So that hamstring injury that if you were perfectly happy and everything was great, you'd find a way to play through it. Right. All of a sudden, that hamstring injury becomes something that you choose not to play through because you're not happy with your situation. It's an easy way to, to show internally sure. things aren't good. So, And again, that, he's not the first, wouldn't be the last. And the good news is maybe he's a lot healthier. Maybe this is like Randy Moss yeah, in 2007. Right. Everyone thought he was washed up. The bad news is... That's part of what you're getting. Right. If you trade for Julio Jones, you better make him happy because if he's not and he's got a little bit of a hamstring tweak, he's not going to play. Yeah. And you're not going to have him on the field. Yeah. You just have to understand that going in. Seahawks entered the chat over the weekend. There was an ESPN report that they have talked to the Atlanta Falcons about this. Chris, when we did the draft last Thursday of Ideal Destinations, I picked the Seahawks. One of the reasons is, hey, if you want to placate Russell Wilson, go get Julio Jones which makes me think they probably won't go get Julio Jones because they don't seem to be inclined to play Kate Russell Wilson. No, they don't. They it never seems to be like the driving force, that's for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear the Seahawks involved in this because I feel like the Seahawks always get involved. They're one of those teams that always seems to kind of dip their toe in the water as far as these type of conversations go just to see where it's at because they are, again, another one of those teams we talk about a lot that – you know, they're always looking to push their chips in the middle of the table and go, we're all in. We're going to trying to win the Super Bowl this year. And I respect that about them. But, I, I mean, as much as, like, I guess I need to see their offense and how it works. Because what I would tell you right now from what I've seen the last few years, I don't even know how Julio Jones would work up there. 
You know, I I have I I mean, there's times, Mike. I feel like we talked about this a lot during the year, where I'd go like, they can't even get the ball to DK Metcalf in certain games. They can't even find ways to do that. Now I know they got a new offensive program up there, and they're going to be different, but uh, it just doesn't seem like the offense that's been capable of spreading the wealth that way. That's where I'm not sure if it, it makes sense to me that way either. Yeah, look, I, I agree. It's going to be hard to do. You better have a plan. And as you said last week, Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator, a lot of three-receiver stuff there. there is. But, yes. but you've, got to, you've got to make it work. And I don't see Pete Carroll signing off on this idea of we're going to have a high-flying right. aerial offense. He right. wants to run the ball. And now all of a sudden we have to keep DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Julio Jones happy. And we've got Russell Wilson at $35 million a year. And Julio Jones is going to want a new contract after this year. Yeah, I don't see it. sooner. And right. DK Metcalf that's has it. the window open on a new contract yeah, that's for him it. after this year. Boom. You just, you just laid it out. That's why it's not happening. You just laid it all out. The Russell Wilson deal, Julio might want more money. DK's coming very soon. They're already paying Tyler Lockett. I think we just talked that out right there. That's why that, that I would be shocked if it happens just for the reasons you just explained. From one discontented player to another, the Aaron Rodgers situation still percolating. And in theory, if the Packers would trade him after today, they would get cap relief. But they haven't, by any appearance or indication, gotten to the point where they're thinking about trading him. Here's Patrick Mahomes from over the weekend. He had a 15 in the Mahomes Foundation golf tournament in Hawaii, and he was asked in a sit-down with Bleacher Report what he thinks about Aaron Rodgers entering possibly the AFC West. I mean, obviously it'd be it'd be awesome. I mean, to be, have that challenge every single every every two times a year, um, every single year, uh, it would be a great great opportunity. I mean, he uh, he's a heck of a football player. He's been doing it for a long time. That I've I've watched play and, and learned a lot from. Um, but uh, definitely, if he came to the AFC West, it would just make it a little tougher for us. But yeah. we, we're up for the challenge. So uh, Patrick Mahomes, what else is he going to say? Oh God, I don't oh, want Aaron no, Rodgers in my no, division. Please don't. Oh come. no, don't oh, come. No. Please, we Stay don't in, want him here. Yes. Go somewhere else. It's so scary. We can't compete with him. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, but it would be something. Yes. It would be something if we see Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West along with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, and 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 it's either the Broncos or possibly the Raiders. Now we don't know what the Raiders are thinking at this point. They could be lurking for, as I said last week a possible out-of-the-blue effort to get Russell Wilson as of tomorrow when the cap hit for the Seahawks would drop from $39 million down to $13 million. Maybe they're thinking about trying to get Aaron Rodgers. We know that Rodgers wants to go west, and the Broncos and the Raiders are on his wish list along with the 49ers. That door's closed, but Broncos and Raiders still open, Chris. And it's kind of late in the day as the offseason goes to make a dramatic change like that. But with Aaron Rodgers, you, you, you would. If it's, if, it's, if it's week one, you make it work. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, if they called today or tomorrow and, you know, got got a conversation going and hearing the things they like as far as the trade package, you're right. You would make that. As much as it would be like, man, we've already been working and we've had all these Zoom sessions and we'd like him to have been a part of that, to learn the offense and all those things. Yeah, th that's one where you just you, you swipe it all under the rug and go, who the hell cares? I mean, if he went to Denver, it would be unbelievable. It'd be a game changer. It really would. First off, I, the first thing that comes to my head is just go, holy crap, every good quarterback in football is in the AFC other than Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. I mean, the NFC would be depleted of quarterbacks. That's the first thing I think of. Of course, the division matchups twice a year, all of that. 
but it's a game changer in the AFC in general. If he goes to Denver, and I think we both agree, Denver's one of those teams that's like teetering on taking that proverbial next step or, you know, raising to the next level, whatever you want to say. Denver is is close. They're one of those teams I can certainly see make a jump. If they got Rodgers with those wide receivers and that defense that's pretty damn good already, you know, it, it just changes everything. It changes the dynamics of the AFC West. It might change the dynamic of Kansas City's stronghold on being a one or two seed on a yearly basis here for the next few years. That's where it gets interesting to me. It really changes that that part of it. And, and let me make a plea right now to our friends watching on Peacock or NBCSN or Sky Sports. Swipe it under the rug has already been covered. You don't need to email me. Okay, good. I was like, did I say something else? Yes, yeah, all right. Established Simsism. Deep, don't need deep to, in there. Don't right. need to go there again. Right. Um, I saw an item from Matt Schneiden of The Athletic. I wrote something about it this morning just before the show. It really encapsulates, in my view, what the Packers are thinking. I was told last week they're still not budging. They're still not budging. They're not budging when it comes to Rodgers wanting a trade. And it's very simple. Their calling is bluff. That's kind of what Schneidman is saying. Not kind of. It is what he's saying. They don't believe he's never going to play for them again. So they're not going to trade him. They think when push comes to shove, he's going to show up. And when he says things last week like, I love my teammates, I love my coaches, I love the fans, yeah. that doesn't make the Packers think he's not showing up ever again. So until he can convince them he's not showing up, there's no reason for them to consider a trade, which means this has to play out, Chris. And if I'm the Packers at this point, whatever I get for him is going to be 2022 trade assets anyway. Yeah. Why not let this play out? So what? Okay, he sits out the whole year. We'll trade him after the season when maybe we can get seven or eight teams to the table instead of the Broncos and maybe the Raiders. I mean, no doubt. I mean, yes. If they wait till after the year, yeah, and it's known and everybody is aware that he's, you know, being shopped, then you're, you're right. I mean, there's going to be you know, a pillage as far as, you know, the people fighting for that and doing that. So that would increase the, the trade market. There's no question about that. And I agree with the Packers. You know, I think this is something we've been saying all along. It's a guy at Aaron Rodgers that's too self-aware. He's too good right now. He's too legacy aware. The team's too good. All of those things point to like, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers will sit out either. First off, I think it'd be stupid. I mean, you only got one shot at this whole thing. You're coming to the end. Why waste a year right now? Yeah, Green Bay screwed you over. I don't know what else to say. They screwed you over. It was a stupid move and how they handled it and everything. There's no doubt. But I, I, I don't think he'll sit out. I really don't. Now, what I would say to him now is because like it has gone too far. If, you, if, he, if he asked my opinion, I'd just go, come back, play. Be awesome like you were last year. Have that chip on your shoulder, whatever it is. And don't be afraid to be make the organization squirmy the whole year. You got no issues with the coaches of the players. Have a press conference. Want to say some things that are derogatory towards the front office and how you're not going to be here and you don't want to ever play for those guys? That'll help get you out of town, too, the way you want to, at least at the end of the year, and maybe expedite things as well. Yeah, and look, he could come back and have another fantastic season causing the Packers to say, well, we're just going to do this all over again and we'll bring him back in 2022. At some point between now and March, he's got to make it clear. He's got to go. I'm right. done. Right. I'm done. Right. That's it. That's the only way that he's going to have 
the Packers' attention. He's got to convince them. And maybe part of convincing them that he means it after this year is to be you know, that guy that always has the front office on edge. It as might have last to be, week. right. Brian Gutekunst, don't get near the practice field. And if you do, okay. wear a cup. <laughs> wear two cups. Wear a, a helmet, helmet, too. And other protections. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, don't get near this guy this year. Um, so, uh, highly unlikely the Packers will trade him, but very likely that there's going to be some additional drama and intrigue, starting with whether or not he shows up for training camp uh, later this summer unofficially, which began yesterday. More on Patrick Mahomes, though. And this is the time of the year where football players and fans allow themselves to become so confident that they cross over into delusion. Here's Patrick Mahomes talking about his aspirations now that we have a 17-game season and now that he's racking up all sorts of individual numbers, he's got a team number in mind. Here he is. The only record I have my eyes that I'm breaking, which would be, it'd be new this year, going 20 and zero. Okay. You know, it's not, a, it's not a really a record to be broken, I guess you'd say, but I, I think 19 and zero is the record right now. So being able to go 20 and zero, be the first one to do that, that'd be awesome. You know, I think that umbrella that they have in the shot is awesome, but it's not functional. It's not casting any shade on Patrick Mahomes. No, it's doing I nothing. Just, it's like it's just there for looks, yes, I guess. Yeah. Right. Uh, but 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 regardless, twenty and zero. Yeah, nobody ever did nineteen and zero. The Patriots got as close as anyone. That's a long road to go seventeen and zero. Or now, yes, now you got to go seventeen. No, now you got to match what the Dolphins did just in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. Right. Then you got to go win three playoff games. Good luck with all that. Yeah, well, it's going to be on. You know, guys like Patrick Mahomes and Brady and other quarterbacks that are great or of that status. Yeah, it's going to be on their radar. I mean, yeah, it's a nice thing to shoot for. Is it like something you're like really realistic about? Did he write it like, you know, on his bathroom mirror to be like, we're going 20? No, not at all. But it's just a cool thing to talk about either way. And the Chiefs and Mahomes aren't afraid to to speak about those things. They're not. And, And at least, you know, give it a shot. That's for sure. The broader point is he doesn't care about his own numbers. Yes, right. That's fine, but all that matters is winning a championship. Let's not get caught up in going undefeated. Just get to Super Bowl number two. Mm -hmm. That's more important because two leads to three. You go 20-0, and you still only get one ring. They don't give you a second ring for going 20-0. and and, and, you know, this reminds me of what Tom Brady said during the draft. Yeah. The draft-a-thon where he made the comment that he would trade a couple of Super Bowl rings for right. a perfect season. That's got to be one of the things that he still got on his docket of possibilities. They came so close to it now 14 years ago. Here's the first Super Bowl team to return all the starters on both sides of the ball since the Steelers of the 70s, man. Yeah. And Brady's got to be thinking about that. He's got to be... You know, that, that's the way you stay focused and motivated week in and week out. You avoid having a, a stumble every week. And look how good the Chiefs were last year. They had one stumble against the Raiders. Yeah. And then they had the game late in the year that they rested the starters for. They have been, other than the, you know, that Buccaneers game, we, we have a bad memory of the Chiefs from that. The Chiefs have been freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. Past couple of years. No doubt about it. Answer the bell almost every week. I mean,. Really, it, they're unbelievable. You're right. There's there's nothing to say negative about the the Chiefs. I mean, it's it's been one of the best teams in football. They always compete, you know. And of course, even when they're having a down day, 15 gives them a chance to to still win a game or stay close or whatever it may be. Yeah, they're special. I don't know. Can they make that kind of run this type, you know, this year for a fourth year in a row? That's where I've gotten to you, and we've had this conversation to where. 
I think this is a year they they lose a few more games than we've seen them lose the past two years. Still in the playoffs, but you know that, that it catches up to them all the long games and the long years and just being beat up and constantly having the bullseye on your back and all of that. But I will say this, Mike, just going back to the twenty and zero thing. To me, that's something that you know I think a lot of players and quarterbacks. It, it it has real I, I don't know what I want to say it's just a, a be a great honor to be able to go wait we were 20 and all we were undefeated we won the Super Bowl as a quarterback or as a player when you have that you can always be like we're the best team ever or I was the quarterback of the best team ever and I think that's why you hear sometimes quarterbacks wax poetically about it or think about it and whether it's the Buccaneers or the Chiefs when you have that standard of excellence and high achievement in the regular season if you are focused on going 20 and 0, it will carry you through those moments where you would otherwise step in a pothole and pick up a loss. Yeah, the problem sure. is once you get your first loss, using that as the motivation in the games that aren't all that significant, that goes out the window. But uh, hey, these guys are perfectionists. These guys are crazy in a in a good way. They want to win. They want to win every week. And and you know, Chiefs fans should be paying close attention to all these situations involving quarterbacks and front offices or coaching staffs and dysfunction. And they should be very glad when, when uh, Oh, Peter was on the show Friday. We, we had a draft of the next wave of quarterbacks who may make power plays. Mahomes is nowhere even close to the board. No, Mahomes, it's just, amazing. Mahomes just isn't wired that no. way. They never have to worry about it. Watch as I say this. It's going to be three years away. He's jostling for a new team. But I, he, he won't. That, that's, they have ultimate incredible quarterback plus ultimate incredible teammate, player, part of the organization who wants to be there and isn't going to make a power play, isn't going to try to get out of town. And Chiefs fans have to feel good about that because now every team that has a great quarterback has to worry, when does this go haywire and we go through this extended stretch of the quarterback trying to get out of town? Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. You know, it's, it's he's going to scare people that way because he is talented. You're right. And he's shown that he's, you know, not selfish. So he's willing to take a little less and go, okay, you know, I'll only have $200 million in the bank when, I, when my career ends instead of 220 and, I, and that's okay. I mean, we've had that conversation. I, I would be one of those guys. That's a lot of money, I know. But when you have that much money already, it's not as much. So, And, hey, the other thing, too, Mike, I, I've thought about this a few times recently. Like, we've talked about the Bucks, all 22 starters back and everything like that. I think one of the, the coolest things of this offseason is this team we're talking about that's kind of dominated the NFL for three years in a row – got, like, significantly better, too, this offseason. Let's not forget what they did on the offensive line with Tooney and Orlando Brown Jr. and Kyle Long. And then to also, let's not forget, get Jerron Reed at defensive tackle from the Seattle Seahawks. He's a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. You know, they got a guy like DeAndre Baker, who's a first-round pick and had his off-field issues, who might resurface or show up here. Trade for Mike Hughes from the for the from your Minnesota Vikings. Like they're a team that is always aggressive and doesn't stand put, and that's where I respect them too. To where they had a sneaky, really awesome offseason themselves. Well, and they needed to make yeah, some changes. They, they saw what happened in Super Bowl Fifty Five, and they decided we've got to do some work, or we're going to lose our grip on the division, on the conference. They've got 
two straight Super Bowl appearances. Could have been three. Was close to three. It was a coin toss away from them having a shot at three. So, uh, hey, look, the Chiefs are here to stay. They're going to be in the conversation every year. And as to keeping Mahomes happy, yeah, the challenge is going to be to monitor the market at quarterback, monitor the salary cap, and be willing at the right time to go in and adjust his contract to make it more fair to him so you avoid a situation where he feels like he's not being treated fairly. You know, I think that's going to be the test for Brett Veach, Andy Reid, and Clark Hunt in a couple of years. Will they affirmatively approach Patrick Mahomes and say, we're going to take care of you because we see what's going on elsewhere. We see by virtue of other contracts that we could say, oh, those are stupid. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, they're paying too much. At a certain point, the contract's, add up to the point where it's unavoidable. You either care about the person you have yeah, or you don't. They will. And the one way you show you care about them is you start paying them like the others yeah. are getting paid. I think they will. Uh, listen, I just, you know, as far as people go, I don't know, Veach, Reed, it seems as good as it gets that way. It really does. And I don't think they're the type of people that are going to look there and go, <laughs> you know, we're screwing him over. He's making 20 less million than everybody else in football. He's the best player. I don't. They'll find a way, whether it's through more bonuses, extending, whatever. I, I really do. I just I, I, I think they got something special there with just the people. And that's why I don't think like, you know, they're not like you said, they're not going anywhere because – I don't think, like, they don't put pressure on them. They have fun there. They're just, it seems like a different atmosphere than a normal team that's, you know, three years in a row, Super Bowl, AFC Championship, all those type of things. That's why last year I thought they would go back to the Super Bowl. I think they enjoy being the biggest show on, in the NFL, and they, they like the bright lights and just playing, and let's let it fly, and that's why the pressure doesn't get to them, and they're not going anywhere, Mike. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, I recently poked around to see what, if any, adjustments the Chiefs were making to their offseason program in response to this trend that we're seeing where coaches are doing less, less time, less intensity. And the Chiefs don't have a very intense offseason program anyway. It's to your point. They're not as hard driving and hard charging and over the top and focused during the offseason as maybe some of these other teams are. And uh, it's worked so far for the Chiefs. Whatever they're doing keep doing it because they have gone from, you know, a team that was just kind of perpetually stuck in mud. They'd get close. They'd lose playoff games at home. They'd lost so many playoff games at home in a row before they finally, you know, turned it around. And and with Patrick Mahomes, uh, just keep just whatever you do, keep him happy. <laughs> do what it takes to keep him happy. Give him personnel input, give him money, do whatever. You keep that guy happy because as we see more and more quarterbacks, exercise their power, you just don't want Patrick Mahomes to ever be a guy who chooses to do that. And if they play it right, he won't be. No, they won't. I mean, he's not that kind of guy, and hopefully they're smart enough to realize to not play that game with Patrick Mahomes. They are fun to watch, and I think it is because of the people running that organization. You're right. They kind of were, like your Vikings, relevant every year. But then they got this guy, a quarterback, and they went to a whole nother level of like, yeah, relevant for the Super Bowl conversation, not relevant for just making the playoffs or being that. And that's where they have a real, real advantage over your team. And speaking of <laughs> my team, Boom. there's a quarterback there who has played the contractual side of his career very well, but he's possibly being placed in checkmate by the Vikings. We'll talk about the latest as it relates to the future of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota when PFT Live continues right after this.
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This is Minnesota right here. Hello? Yeah, we're, we're open minded. They won't do next year's one. They'll do uh, 9043. No. Tell them not to come back first. Don't come back as a negative points. Don't call us with negative points. That's a video that the Panthers posted, and it indicates that a team that was sitting at number 14 in round one was trying to trade up to number eight. The Vikings trying to make a move. They ultimately moved down from 14 to 23. They presumably got at 23 the guy they would have taken at 14, but the guy they wanted at 14... Justin Fields. Yeah. They were making that move up to number eight if they could get it. And it's not like they made a dramatic offer to move up six no, spots, not at but all. they tried. And yeah. if and if the Panthers had said yes, the name on the card was going to be Fields, comma, Justin, Ohio State. The Ohio State. Just to get it right. Yes. On the card. Yes. And and think about it. Think about it. For the way we reacted to Kellen Mond being taken by the Vikings at the top of round three. You multiply that by 100. That would have been the reaction if the Vikings trade up from 14 to 8 to take Justin Fields, given that they still got Kirk Cousins under contract for two more years at $56 million fully guaranteed. Calm down. You seem very giddy about all this. Relax, I'm okay? Just, Kirk I'm just, Cousins I'm not is still your quarterback. They didn't I'm, change it yet, Well, okay? Justin Fields isn't. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying it – it changes, Definitely. I think, the way we perceive the Kellen Mond situation. Definitely. This isn't just, well, he was the best guy on the board right. and we want competition at backup quarterback. No, they're thinking about their next guy. The fact that they tried to get Fields underscores that they are evaluating Kellen Mond not just to be the long-term backup, but to be the guy. As soon as 2022. Yeah, I think that's the big thing that it brings to the, the forefront here, right? Like, after the draft... You and I, we discussed a lot. You brought up, like, oh, Mon can be one of those guys that 
replaces Kirk Cousins. He's only got two years left on his deal, all those things. Of course I agree. I'm a big fan of Kellen Mond and all of those type of things, no doubt. But I think like what the trade shows is that, yeah, there's there's a real urgency, obviously, to replace Kirk Cousins. This wasn't like a third-round pick with Kellen Mond, I think, to go like, well, he just got really good value on the board. Let's draft him to draft him because we can't pass up the value. No, obviously there's a real thought in the replacement of Kirk Cousins realizing this is coming to an end, and it, they don't want to be a part of you know redoing it or extending it. I think that's basically what they're telling you right there. Between the draft pick of Mond and now seeing that clip pretty much says it all. And I think it's also interesting, of course, that he's in the division now and Minnesota's going to have to deal with him as being the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. But I, I think more than anything, Mike, you're kind of spot on in what, what I thought of it. Kind of telling us more about, I think, what Minnesota thinks of Kirk Cousins at this point more than anything, you know. And it's also cool that, of course, they like Justin Fields too. Well, and I think what underpins all of this, and, and it's not that the Vikings are ever going to share these details, but... Kirk Cousins' contract had a clause that kicked in a fully guaranteed salary for next year of $35 million. This year, it's $21. It would have been an opportune time to extend the contract, to come up with something that worked, that gave them cap relief so they could do more in free agency. Yeah. It just felt like the planets were aligned for something to be done to replace and, the contract that runs through 2022. And I asked and what him about happened it, Super Bowl yeah, week. Right. Well, and here, when I, I threw it out there, hey, is this something you'd be inclined to consider? You know, salary cap and all that stuff. Right. He says, honestly, I just signed the extension last offseason. It really doesn't kick in until this coming year. It's a two-year deal. Those two years begin with 2021. I think it's more about going out there next season and the year after that and playing at a high enough level that would justify being able to do another deal behind that. That is a very tactful and diplomatic Definitely. way of giving a middle finger to the Vikings and saying, no new contract. I hold the cards. I'm going to do to you what I did to Washington. Well, what the Vikings aren't going to do in response to that is have themselves in a position where Colt McCoy is their plan B. They're going to go out and get a better plan B who may become their plan A. And that that's where... Kirk Cousins may have flown too close to the sun on That's wings right. of pastrami right. and got the Vikings to say, we got to start looking for other options because this guy isn't going to play our game. We got to find someone who will. Yeah, that's right. And then listen, you know, Kirk Cousins, who's really good, he's not good enough to play this game to where teams are going to go like, oh, okay. All right. Gosh, you're a superstar. We'll just, we'll put everything down and we'll wait for you to get more leverage to leverage us for more money. I mean, that's, that's basically what he told you. And that's basically what it is. Um, I'm, I got two years. I haven't leveraged them enough yet to talk about the the new contract, you know. So I, I, we're not talking about it. I'm good with where it is right now. Okay, yeah, I don't blame Minnesota. You know, they're 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 gonna move on. Kirk Cousins is real good. We know you can win games, but as you described before, uh, he's not the type of guy that's gonna always be able to carry a team on his back, or when the offense is not hitting on all cylinders, the kind of guy that can like physically do things. Uh, off schedule to help the team out that way. And I would argue that guys like Kellen Mond and Justin Fields actually have more potential to do those type of things. So, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. But I think Minnesota is basically telling us that this is the last two years of Kirk Cousins and uh, we'll see you later. They, they basically, Mike, just went like this. They just plucked it off and went, we love you not. <laughs> we'll see you two years from now. <laughs> but, but, but I still think they're all in with him 
this year. Definitely, right. Next year is when it becomes interesting. Uh Can they find someone who would take the $35 million fully guaranteed salary off their hands. Rams are off the table. Some of it. 49ers are off the table. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Washington's off the table. But would they, (laughs) presumably, (laughs) but, but, but will they find a landing spot if they decide to shift from him to Kellen Mond? Or could it be that Kirk Cousins is just the highest paid backup quarterback in NFL history at 35 million next year. If they go with Mond, who would be among the lowest paid. And for anyone who's confused, here's, Here's why the Cousins statement was so impactful, in my view. If he plays out the next two years, the Vikings have no way to hold him in place for 23. Well, what about the franchise tag? Hear about the franchise tag. His cap number next year, 2022, is $45 million. Because he was tagged twice by Washington, he gets a 44% raise if the Vikings tag him even once. That's $64.8 million. That's the franchise tag number for Kirk Cousins in 2023. It, so the only way you're going to keep him then is if you're the highest bidder on the open market. You got no protection. What kind of plan is that for the Vikings? Oh, Cousins is our guy the next two years, and then if he plays well enough, we'll extend it. We're going to be in competition with anyone else out there who wants to sign it. Yeah, no. It'll be 2018 all over again. Right. We can't have that. No, you can't have that. You, you leave yourself in a bad spot. They've, they've bought themselves insurance. You know, for no matter, you know, what happens, we'll see where it goes. But, you know, yeah, they're not going to play this game with Kirk Cousins and have him have all the leverage and power over their organization to where they have to deal with that. And that becomes the main talking point. Yeah, they have something now. I guess the bottom line is at the end of the day, what's going on in Minnesota is no different than what's going on in Green Bay. It really isn't. The Vikings have gone out and drafted the guy that they hope will develop into the replacement for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are saying through their actions and throwing the through the effort to try to get Justin Fields that they're ready to move on yeah and Kirk Cousins is gonna have to change their mind if if that's the case and and because of what's happened Chris Cousins could have two great years and then by then he'll he'll have all the power and he'll walk away yeah that's the thing this this relationship is not lasting more than two years no matter how it goes the next two seasons. I don't think so. I think they basically told you no matter how it goes the next two seasons, they don't view him as the guy to be the guy of the future, get them over the hump or whatever. I think that's quietly what's kind of being said here. It's like, eh, even if we think he kills it the next two years, it's not going to be that to the point of where we're going to be like, oh, we got to have him back. We got to pay him top dollar. They're, they're basically going, I think what you're saying, Mike, two years and done. And you're right. It's similar to Green Bay, except there's just, you know, this one tiny difference that Kirk Cousins is not Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, just a slight difference in the player. Just a slight. And it wasn't a first-round pick and a trade-up and all of that type of stuff, too. But, no, your point's real. You're right. I mean, I think there's there's some writing on the wall here for, for but, Kirk Cousins. But, but if, if this gesture – operates as the red-hot poker that turns Kirk Cousins into the MVP, it will have been worth it, although I would not bet on that happening. Let's take a break. You know, I've said before, Chris and I will never have contrived, made-up, you-take-this-side-I'll-take-that-side debates. But every once in a while, a topic rolls around that may spark a real debate. The topic we're going to discuss next as it relates to a different sport, but the universal concept of media obligations that may spark a little debate between christopher and me we'll find out when pft live continues right after this
Naomi Osaka withdrew from the French Open over the weekend. Lengthy statement posted on social media. Very simple chain of events. She chose not to participate in a post-match press conference. She was fined $15,000 and threatened in a collective statement by all four of the Grand Slam tournaments that you may be defaulted from the tournament if you continue. So she just said, fine, I'm out. See you later. I withdraw. Bye-bye. Find someone else to play tennis instead of me if you're going to do this to me. And look, it's it's sparked a political debate. Did it really? It got and, into and, a political oh, debate? Yeah. Are you being sarcastic? No, I yeah, It's uh, already... Know. Everything becomes a political debate guess, nowadays. Right. People who have never heard of Naomi Osaka are triggered by the fact that she chose not to participate in a post-match press conference that they wouldn't have even known that she was participating in. But how dare you stand up to authority? How dare you exercise your individuality? How dare you question the way things are? So, look, I support what she did. I don't care what the reason is. Is it mental health? Is it just I don't feel like doing it? I don't care because, Chris, that's what prompted me to write a broader item at PFT, and it harkened back to the days of Marshawn Lynch and his desire to not participate in press conferences. I think sports, especially the NFL, has evolved to the point where it no longer needs to parade out the players and the coaches to be available for the media because that's the only way we get the media to write stories about us. This is a vestige of the days when the NFL – was desperate for attention. So you make people available to talk and you hope that you can get the reporters who cover these events to write stories in their newspapers about your team. We're going to write the stories, whether they talk or not. We're going to talk about the teams, whether the individuals involved talk or not. And I really do think the time has come to ask the simple question, NFL and elsewhere, but particularly in the NFL since we're a football show, does it make sense to force guys to do something they don't want to do when that something is completely independent of why they play football. I, I, I get it. Listen, it, it's, a, it's a touchy subject, certainly. I, I don't necessarily agree with you on all of those points, though. That, that's where, you know, again, yes, I mean, do we need it? No. I mean, we're going to have a show no matter what, but the show's better when Patrick Mahomes does talk and has a clip and we talk. There's more things to talk about within the sport. It helps the sport that way. So that's where I look at it a little differently. Now, like, football is a team sport. Maybe you can get away with it a little bit more by not having a certain guy available and doing all those type of things. Tennis, of course, is an individual sport. So I do think maybe it's even more important for somebody like Naomi Osaka maybe to be involved in something like that. I know she obviously has an issue, and and Marshawn Lynch, Lynch had an issue as well to a degree, but I, it, it's a tough one. Just in the also in the the sense of, you know, it it is part of the sport. It's part of the broader business. Is it, is it though? Is yeah, it, it, it is. Need to be. I I think for the NFL particularly, we've gotten to a point where it doesn't have to be mandatory. And Chris, this isn't a binary you know, all or nothing type of a situation. If you drop the mandate that players be available, they're still going to do it. Why? Most of them will she still said do she it. wouldn't. Patrick she she wasn't no, going to do it. I'm Marshawn Lynch wouldn't do it. I mean, right. he wouldn't. Who, has there been another guy since Marshawn Lynch who has who has gone to the lengths? Because all you, there's an easy loophole, a very easy loophole. And I went round and round with the NFL with this at the time because it was nonsensical to me. Okay, you don't show up, you get fined. 
you show up and you say in response to every question, no matter how well formulated or brilliant the question may be or incisive or or designed to help promote the NFL, if the response to every question is, I'm just here so I don't get fined, what's the point? What's the point? It's like, it's like you know, like it's just a stupid punishment. You must be there. We don't tell you what you have to say. You can say, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Or you can just give a bunch of non-responsive answers like Marshawn Lynch did another time. He just said, thank you. Every question, thank you. That was his response. So why make him do that? When at the end of the day, you can't because really force because him to say because anything. it's something Why that he just doesn't want to do. The league set up a way. It has nothing to do with him. It was just he didn't want to do it. As soon as right. it was like, as soon as there was an, an advertisement that was willing to pay him a bunch of money with a camera, he, I'll talk all, right. all I want. Do it, then okay? Do it. But that's Good. part of the business. There's a team. There's a company paying millions and millions and millions of dollars to. Uh, to to be the team that sponsors the Seattle Seahawks or whoever it may be. And within that, they want those most famous players on that team to be talking in front of their logos and things like that because those most famous of players, like a Marshawn Lynch or a Russell Wilson or whatever, those, okay. get, those get the people that – I understand that, all that. Okay, but that's part but, of the business. It, I, don't, I don't know. But it's one guy in 10 years okay. that said, I'm not doing it. All right. That's my point. Yeah. Why do we have to make it mandatory? Russell Wilson's still going to talk. DK Metcalf's still going to talk. Tyler Lockett's still going to talk. These guys are still going to talk. It's because they could show up and say, I got nothing to say to you today. They can only find you if you don't show up. My point is this. If guys really are committed to not talking, they have an easy loophole that is hiding in plain sight. Just show up and stand there yeah. and say, okay. yes. Fine. Even if it's not a yes-no question. That's fine. What do you think of today's game? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's acceptable and you don't get in trouble. Right. So my point is, my point is, let's take a step back. Instead of having an authoritarian attitude toward these athletes and thou shalt do what we want you to do, and if you don't, we're going to rub your face in your own crap, which is the attitude that I think a lot of people have. Yeah. You do what you're told and you shut up and you sit down and you say please and thank you and you be grateful you have a job where you're making all this money. That attitude's got to end. That's an unhealthy attitude because the players will choose to do it. They're going to choose to talk. A lot of them want to talk and a lot of them understand if I show up and I I do a good job, I get sponsors. I I get a job. Uh, column football games when I retire. So my point is this, to have this hard and fast rule that that is imposed with dracon, dracon, draconian efficiency. Sorry. What's the point of it when what you're dealing with is one person out of 10,000 that's going to be the one that says, I don't want to do it? That, that, and it, it, it just, it's just a yeah. bad look well, to be so heavy-handed. When, why don't we just – how about an experiment? How about an experiment? Doesn't have to be permanent. One year, it's completely voluntary. Oh, you're Mike. You're players crazy. Talk when they want. You're going to have so One many year. players after losses Let's on a see. Sunday go. I don't want to okay. talk to the media. I'm not. Too, I'm, you're going to have. You're going to. You're going. You're crazy. Let's you're giving the players too much Give credit. They're going to be way talk. more the big ones that are going to go. But Chris, I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything. They can still show up and say, I don't want to talk. Okay, great. They can still show up and give non-answers. They can still show up and storm out like Cam Newton did after Super Bowl 50. Fine. My point is, I'm willing, I'm willing, and people get mad at me. Oh, you're in the media business. You're, you're, you're going against the interest of the media. We need to have these people talk. 
we, we don't need to treat them like anything other than humans who have free will and free decision. But if you give them the right— Isn't it better if they choose to talk? If you give them the right to not talk, Mike, you're going to have a lot more not talk than talk. I can just tell you. I'm willing to do it for a year. All right. Why? I'm not. I want. Make their butts get in front of there and talk. It's part of the business. I don't care. Naomi Osaka even did that. She's the most famous female player in the sport right now. Sorry. I don't care about tennis. Okay, but I'm just saying that's what. But But, even within the football, too. Yeah, I want them out there. We go to the Super Bowl every year except this past year because of the pandemic. We have to turn people away. They will talk. Because they're has-beens for the most part, Mike. They're not people that are the stars (laughs) of the show right now. They're guys that are being paid and other things to do it. We turn away. We turn away. But my point is they all show up. We're in a position where we have the luxury of turning people away, whether or not they be has-beens. We have the luxury of saying no. We have to say no because we have the stars of the game. They are there. They choose to talk. My point is, the people aren't talking because they're threatened with sanctions. If they don't talk, they'll, they'll talk. I mean, do you think if Patrick Mahomes really don't want to talk, he's going to talk? I, now, look, what happens in some of these cities, there will be situations where players aren't complying with the media obligations, and it just kind of happens, and no one has the the will to be the one who tattles to the league office. Right. That happens from time to time. But but you know what? The sport still survives. People are still going to choose to talk. And I'm only saying the players. The coaches should be required to talk. And I think the game officials, frankly, should be retire, required to talk after every game. But I, I, I just I, – I, there's just a quality to it. And, and you know, we see what we see in every other situation when a fight like this breaks out. The fans line up behind the billionaires – against the players i know and um i'm not even saying you need to have a slip that says you've got social anxiety like ricky williams did remember when he would do his yeah sure with his helmet on right with a visor a dark visor yeah because he had a medical condition because all these people swarming around him made him anxious you should no if, if you don't want to do it don't do it because my my point is this i'm willing to do the experiment for a year because guys will still talk we will still have content. And, uh, yeah, maybe there'll be one or two who don't. Fine. Then we write a story about why so-and-so chose not to talk. He didn't want to come face the music. We can still criticize him for not talking. Oh, no, I know. Oh, you didn't come face Listen, the music. Listen, I know we'll survive. It just makes it better when, you, when they do. It makes the sport better. It makes everything about it better. Everything. You know, it does. It makes your website better. I woke up on Sunday morning. There was six-player quotes on the front page of PFT. Made it better. And they're, all from, and they're all from the time in the year where no one's required to talk. Well, I know. Okay. So, but, but, but there's still going to be too many times during the year where big time players, if given that option, will not talk. And, and, and listen, Mike, I understand. I, I'm, I'm not willing to, to be, do it and keep a scorecard. And I'm see trying what not to be insensitive to it because I know there are people with real problems. I guess where I have problems with it sometimes more than others is when. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I have, you know, I don't like it. There's too many people, blah, 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 blah. But then they go and leave and they do other things that cause attention to themselves or, you know, put themselves in a similar situation where you're like, well, obviously you were bullcrapping or lying about your, like, whether it was your anxiety or not wanting to answer or be around those crowd of people. Because here you are now, you know, doing those same type of things and, so that's where I just, I guess I have a little issue with it where I see that sometimes too. 
I just think that the people who believe that that there would be some mass exodus from the locker room. I mean, you still have locker room access. If you you go up to a guy and if you don't want to talk, you don't you don't have to talk. I just I just I think that the the downside to that would be far less significant than than people think. I really I really believe that. And uh, the problem is no one's willing to try it. They're so concerned that there will be this this widespread universal shunning of reporters that they're not even willing to give it a try. I, I just think that it's worth a try because at the end of the day, it should just be the people who who want to talk, the people who talk from the end of the season until the start of the next season when they don't have to. They still talk. I mean, Patrick Mahomes talked up a blue streak all weekend. It was part of his event, but guys have occasions and reasons to talk. There, there will not be a, a vacuum of information. And now in this day and age too, Chris, we've got social media. We've got plenty of ways for players to get their message out. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now they'll go home and do their own that. media, but they're not going to let the media do their job. That's where I don't, I'm not cool with that. We still oh, here, do our job. We just do our job a different way. Okay. I, well, we still I don't do our job. Okay. Well, hey, listen, part of the job in doing this is, is this part of playing in the NFL to me. That that's, it's part of the job is answering questions from those people who do, you know, their due diligence and inform the public and people about the person, the player, all the things there. It's part of the cyclical pattern of, of what goes on in the NFL and the business. So that's where it's tough. And I, I, I am one, I guess I'm guess I'm old school I, that I, way to where I, I think I you just should don't, be available. I, and, and look, I, this is going to piss off a lot of reporters, but why do we think we're entitled to go into a locker room after a game to get controversial quotes from players who are pissed off because they just lost a championship or some guy just made some horrible mistake and he's going to have 50 microphones stuck in his face and be forced to talk about it. When did we decide that we're the people with the power to go do that? that that's what I don't understand. Why should anyone be in that situation? You know, there's this idea that it's the, the it's, quotes are only – hang on. The quotes are only compelling if they're fresh. The quotes are only compelling if you get this guy in his deepest, darkest moment. Why are we entitled to that? That, is, is that not a fair question to ask? Why are we entitled to delve into someone's psyche when they're in the immediate aftermath of one of the worst moments of their professional lives? Right. Why are we entitled to that? But because Why? I, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, I'd have to think about that a little. But for most players, that's why they signed up, to be on the opposite side of that. Oh, I, I want to be the guy, the man. Then go talk win, to them. Do then all go the talk things. to them. No, it's part of the sport. Now you got to handle a little failure and explain it to the world. Okay, this is why you played the sports and why you get paid millions of dollars and get all these other benefits. Oh, no, you have to answer some questions about how a, tough, a game went tough and didn't go in your way. There's worse things in life. I just don't want to hear you it. Think, I don't want to do hear it. Do you think that people will stop watching football if they no longer have raw, unvarnished access to the things that players say after a No, probably not. They have a microphone in their face, and they're asked, why did you suck today? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't think it, I don't think it's going to help the sport. It's not going to change a thing. Oh, it's not going it, to hurt it. It, it. it could hurt it. We've seen the sport get hurt already by things that were said into the, micros, you know, into the microphone or not. The sportsmen hurt by the things. like So, yes, guys acting like jerks and doing that, it's not going to be a positive thing for the sport. It's not. There's no way. But but my point is, Chris, it's isn't it better to just let the guys who don't want to talk not talk at all if that could potentially hurt the sport? Let the guys who want to be the ambassadors be the ambassadors. They will bear the benefit of it with other 
earning opportunities, with future media opportunities. There will be pl- my, my, my point is there's so many guys in the NFL. I know, there but I want to hear from the five best players in the team. I don't want to hear from player 27 on the roster. The Seattle Seahawks right. lose. There's five guys I want to hear from. I don't really give a damn about the rest of the guys. And that's the way the rest of the sports world is, too. I want to hear from Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Jamal Adams. All right? After you get past those guys, I just want to go, well, okay, great. But I want to hear from them. They're the stars. I want to know where their mind's at after the big loss. I do. It's part of it. It's entertainment. It's part of the, what we do right now. I, I don't think we can start, like, separating it to me. At least. I, I, I think I'm willing to do one year, make it optional. I don't think anything will change all that much. Let's take a break. We're going to continue the Chris Sims quarterback countdown unless either of us chooses not to speak. When <laughs> PFT Live continues right after this. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.